Here it is, the Pistons Pod, with your host, Matt Derry. It is a Friday edition of the Pistons Pod. Welcome in, everybody. It is Matt Derry with you, our guest today. From Pistons.com is senior editor Keith Langloy. We'll talk to uh, we'll talk some Pistons with Keith and get his thoughts on the season, what's going on so far as we uh, move from late April here into uh, May. The team on the road will be back at it Saturday night for a 7 o'clock start in Indiana against the Pacers. Keith, as always, appreciate a couple of minutes, my friend. I know it's been a weird year for you having to watch from afar, but far more entertaining product in the last few years, right? Yeah, no question. You know, I mean, in a vacuum, if, if you'd have told me that the Pistons are going to be 18 and 42 with 12 games to go, I'd say, oh, my goodness, what happened? But, you know, we, we, we all knew going in that this was going to be, you know, for the first time in, in this this franchise's history, they, they were up, up front about saying this is where we're at right now. I don't think that's ever happened. Even, you know, even in the era between the bad boys and the going to work Pistons, they never said we're we're deliberately going to, you know, we're going to set something other than wins and losses as a standard by which we judge our season. Um, and I think by that standard, they, they have done, you know, it's been about personnel acquisition and, and player development. And I think it's hard to find any, you know, you'd, you'd really have to be searching for, for things where you say they've, they've come up short in that area. Um, you know, and start with Troy Weaver and, and, the, and the job he's done on personnel. I, uh, we just posted something on Pistons dot com this morning and, and and you know jerry west who's still the most you know the iconic talent evaluator in nba history once said if you get 51 percent of your decisions right you're going to be ahead of the game and 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 you look at weaver and it's hard to find uh, uh you know it's hard to find a movie's made where he said Oof, wish we had a do-over on that one so you know i think that's that's the biggest takeaway of the season is Troy weaver came here with a um, you know, an acknowledged eye for talent. I think that's been borne out already. And, uh, you know, that, that's certainly a, a great sign for the franchise going forward. You know, you watch the game Wednesday in Dallas or even Thursday in, in San Antonio, and you see the young guys getting opportunities, and there are some glimpses there. You know, Killian Hayes, he's 19, Keith. You know, I mean, he's going to have his moments where Reggie Jackson's going to hit the game-winning shot over him. And then he's yeah. going to have his moments when he throws a length of the court bounce pass, and you go... Wow, that's that's exciting, but that's fun to watch right now. Yeah, you know, and, and last night, um, uh, it, it, it was certainly wasn't a great game for Killian last night. Five, you know, I think he went five for fifteen, but you could see that he was kind of feeling his way, uh, you know, figuring out okay, how do I get to my spots? How do I score? Um, you know, and, and some of those shots he took will, will be shots that on um, um, when you'll watch the videotape, and I and that's what they do. Um, you know, the, the, the rookies are all uh, are, are all very uh, uh, arduous students when it comes to that type of thing. And you'll see, like, okay, I could have gotten a better shot there, or I went to dribble too far there, or maybe I, I should have, you know, pulled it back at, at this point and I had the wing open there, that type of thing. And he is, you know, I think the elite skill he has right now is obviously division. It, it's 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 uh, it's something, and 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 division, and then the ability to get the ball there with his size. His, you know, he has some zip on his passes. It's, uh, you can kind of, you, you, up, up close in, in the arena is where you really see it. The, the ball gets from point A to point B with him. Um, and, and it's, you know, in a, in a spot where his guys can, can do something with it. So, yeah, I mean, you, you do see, uh, 
look, when the season started uh, in December, if you'd have said that uh, with the three first round picks, they're going to get two guys who've, you know, certainly proven already that they're rotation worthy guys and probably trending upward from there. And Killian has now played, I believe, 15 NBA games to show the flashes he shows. I think that's that, that's the most positive outcome you could have possibly expected from the season. Keith Langloy with us, senior editor, Pistons.com. Nobody covers the team and is on top of them better than Keith, certainly. You know, it's interesting because you mentioned, you know, he's played 15 games. It's such a different animal now and bird now, isn't it, Keith, because of Twitter and because of just everybody wants instant gratification and satisfaction. I mean, the kid is 19, and and like you said, he's going to have his good moments and bad moments, but there's a lot of scrutiny and but I guess the good news is people are watching. People are back into it and and are and are and are saying things about the team that they're they're interested again, and, and that, that that's that's a positive, isn't it? Yeah, I've uh, you know I, I can tell you, Matt, only from you know where I intersect with the public is is, is social media. Um, you know, uh, the mailbag thing that we've done for fifteen years now, and I, I can tell you that. From from those interactions, I think that the, the fan base is very much on board with us. They understand. They're not. They're also, you know, they're smart enough to know that that they're not judging the season by wins and losses. Um, and yeah, I think there's a general sense of excitement and a sense that uh, you know they they can see what what the plan is now. That you know, they, I think it was a hard sell for for fans when 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 the objective was you know we've got a we've got uh, a, a lot of veterans um guys who probably don't have a lot of room for growth in their career and we're scratching to get to 40 wins and you know maybe a seventh or eighth playoff seat so i think they've you know they you, you never know how these uh rebuilds go you look around the league and there's some teams that have been you know the chicago's on at least their second rebuild since since uh, you know the last time they had a playoff team um minnesota you know sacramento go on and on they're on third fourth fifth rebuild some of those teams but uh, again we go back to troy weaver and his track record so far and he and and with that too you know matt one of the things that really struck me about troy is he came in and he, okay not only is he a first-year general manager with the pistons he's a first-time general manager and and those there's only 30 of those jobs and guys get them and they you know the they tend to pay pretty well and, and no one is anxious to to put their neck on the line unnecessarily so a lot of guys who get first-time gm jobs don't make a lot of moves right away because the more moves you make the more chance you have to be wrong and the right. more, more times you're wrong right, right you know your owner's saying what you know well i don't know maybe we can do better than this guy let's move on and i asked troy about that you know about about a month after that flurry of moves in that crazy week in november when the draft and and you know, the trade embargo was lifted on a Monday, I believe. The draft happened, uh, I think, on a Wednesday, and free agency opened on Friday. And you know, within a span of about ninety-six hours, the team was seventy-five percent turned over. So, and Troy, you know, that that was his famous quote about, "I'm I'm not going to leave any uh, you know guns in my clip. I'm gonna I'm gonna empty my clip. I'm gonna uh, when I." you know go into to swim i don't stick my toe in the pool i jump in the deep end and it's it's rare and uh and you know and by itself it's it's not necessarily an admirable trait but when you're going to be right as much as he's been right it's an admirable trait so yeah i mean again that for me that's the best takeaway of the season the, the individual stories they're all great you know it's all exciting to see a guy like frank jackson come from a two-way to a guy who now looks like he's a good bench scorer to see a josh jackson revive his career to see the three first round you know all look like they they're on a right path um 
Jeremy Grant to hit on him when everybody scratched their head and said, you gave him what? You know, all, but all those individuals are great. The collective thing, the thing they have in common is Troy Weaver saw something in all those guys. And, you know, uh, that's, that's certainly a, a great sign for the future of the Pistons. You know, you watch this league, and, and games are in the one thirties. Um, at time, at times, uh, communication, rotation, uh, 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 I don't know, rim protection, Keith is just not there, and that's everywhere. Uh, yeah. But you mentioned Frank Jackson; uh, he he guards, I, and I like that. Yeah, um, you know, um, uh, and that wasn't his reputation, but and and Dwayne said something interesting. It was either last night or the night before. It's all kind of a blur, but but he was asked about Frank, and he said, you know, Dwayne even kind of admitted. He said, look, uh, he said it didn't necessarily. It surprised me too when the front office came and said, look, uh, uh, for our on-off numbers, you know, Frank is way up there, and he said, he, and and. Dwayne has said he's he's a tough guy. He, he he gets up in people. He's not when he when he, he gets switched on to bigger people. He gives them a battle. You know, Frank. We see the three point shooting now with him, which is you know that that's the that's kind of the swing skill for a lot of guys in the league now. You know, if you can shoot, if you're a thirty three percent three point shooter, eh, you might be you know you might have one foot out the door. If you're a forty percent three point shooter, that's being like being a left hand relief catcher now, right? You're going to last a long time. Frank's taken his three point numbers from thirty two the last two years to I think forty two or forty three, uh, and it's been consistent. And uh, I believe in it because Wayne Ellington said he's been really impressed and amazed with how advanced Frank's footwork is as a three point shooter for being a young guy. Frank is still just twenty two, even though you know he was part of that 2017 draft so yeah uh, you know uh, look there's a reason that it's not easy to come off the bench and score double figures consistently and there's a reason that people in Detroit still invoke Vinnie Johnson's name it's been that long since they've had a guy who's you know had any tenure in this in this place who can do that consistently and you know it's a 20 plus game sample size of the Frank so it's too early to start talking about him being the worthy successor to the microwave but it's a positive sign, and uh, and and again, Frank is you know he he really he, when you when you talk to Frank, he you know he went to Duke for one year, and I don't you know, I, I, his intelligence is 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 apparent. He he has a really great perspective, and it seems like his head is really screwed on straight. And I, you know, we two way contract, and he'll be a restricted free agent this year. But at this point, I'd be uh, I'd be surprised if he's anywhere but Detroit next season. Pistons Pod on a Friday, talking to Keith Langloy from Pistons.com. The team will be back at it Saturday night in Indy against the Pacers to uh, wrap up this uh, road trip. Isaiah Stewart, um, man, I mean, this has been so much fun to watch him go. What what stands out the most for you, Keith, in in, in terms of, you know, we don't have to sit here and play the Dennis Rodman-Ben Wallace comparison game, but... Why not? <laughs> it's 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 yeah. been it's been uh, it's been that kind of kind of year for him, hasn't it? Yeah, you know, and I, I don't think I don't know that he'll ever get to a level where we say you know the four time defensive player of the year guy as Ben Wallace was, or or as Jack McCloskey, who spent a lifetime in the NBA, said Rodman was both the best rebounder and the best defensive player I've ever seen. But I think he's you know he's he's a plus on the defensive end. His 
his you know his defensive rating and offensive rating. I looked the other day at a time when I think he now would have seven career starts, but after he had six career starts, his offensive rating as a starter was 142. His defensive rating was 99. That is a preposterous spread, and and you know I mean it's indicative that he is a very good defensive player for a rookie. Uh, well, never, never take strike before a rookie. He's a good defensive player, and you know, and and still is just a baby at that. He, you know, he hasn't been around the league a few times to know, you know, what moves people are gonna are gonna make and everything. And you know, I, I think I was thinking about this the other day. Wouldn't it be interesting to to go back and and have a, a redraft? And so we had two freshman big men come out of the Pac-12 last year, Anyeka Okongwu from USC and Isaiah Stewart from Washington. And Okongwu went sixth right before the Pistons picked. And, I, you know, I'm not casting any aspersions on him. I think he's going to be a wonderful player. And, he, you know, he started the season with a foot injury that slowed him. And he's playing behind Clint Capella. So it's completely unfair to compare his production right now with Stewart's. But I just wonder, you know, Atlanta took a Congo six and nobody said anything. The Pistons took Stewart 16th and everybody said, oh, my God, you're spending a premium pick on a, on a center. Right. And, you know, how much has that perception changed right now among among people who, you know, spend a lifetime, you know, looking at uh, either conducting drafts or analyzing drafts? Um, and then Sadiq Bay went went 19th and you look at some of the wings taken ahead of him like you know denny avdi i believe went ninth to washington and you've got devin vassell who played last night for san antonio and uh um you know the aaron neesmith from boston went 14th and i just wonder again i'm not casting aspersions on any of those guys it's ridiculous to to you know try to say where a rookie's going to be just because of the, you know all those guys are probably playing behind good people and all that other stuff but I I just wonder if if we did the draft over today, um, would Bay go behind any of those three guys? I don't know. That's it's an interesting question, but certainly I don't think the Pistons would probably not want to make any of those exchanges either. No, no, and I think uh, you know when Sadiq went off on the Celtics earlier this year, it was almost like, hey, he knows, he remembers, <laughs> you know. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, that's, there that's... was yeah, there, and there was, I think there was some uh, Celtics Twitter was angry that night too. That <laughs> their, their guy didn't, Neesmith didn't get off the bench that night. Sadiq, had, what do you have? Was that seven threes that night? I yeah, think? yeah. So yeah. set the rookie record for the Pistons. But uh, Keith yeah. Langloy with us. What about Josh Jackson? Why do you think? It's working here for him now. 29 points, certainly on Thursday night in San Antonio. And I know it was a loss, but, but man, he looks so much more comfortable. Yeah, I think it started for Josh last year. Uh, you know, I think it was a, a kind of a really a humbling experience for him after, you know, two years after being the fourth pick, Phoenix, you know, basically cut him loose for a bag of basketballs to Memphis there, and, and Memphis sent him to the G League. So Josh, by his own admission, has done some maturing. Um, so I think it's really started for him last year, and that was a thing that, too, that, you know, Troy Weaver said, hey, there's a guy who he, I, I'm sure Troy remembers very well his own draft evaluation of Josh and, and knew, you know, knew his strengths and knew what he needed to work on. So gave him a, you know, very reasonable two-year contract and Josh comes in and, you know, I think the one thing you don't have to know much about basketball to know that Josh plays hard, um, you know, and that, that's, that's, a, that's a, a key starting point. And he's six, eight and, and a very athletic guy. He, he has some, kind of raw ball skills right now but he can get to the rim um sometimes by his own admission he'll get a little bit of tunnel vision and he he was kicking himself last night he said look i made i tend to make some turnovers i made a few few tonight but a little bit better with that and he knows you know he knows what 
what his his hurdle is to become a consistently good player. But uh, it, he, he's definitely, you know, he I think he has, if nothing else, in year four, he has solidified himself as a guy who's going to be in the league a while. And, and two years ago, you know, it, it was all bets are off on that score. So another guy's kind of found his footing here. And, and Frank Jackson from that same draft class, uh, another one in that category. I wonder, you know, the kind of the, the one guy that we have, another guy from that draft who's trying to launch his career here dennis smith just been you know a series of nagging injuries i you know we don't know it just hasn't been enough for him the pistons certainly have other options at point guard with with the two rookies you know killian hayes and saving lee but you know they were they were thinking man you know with that trade of derrick rose they got a a, a, an attractive second round pick out of it and, and took a flyer on dennis smith they just haven't had enough evaluation time on him yet so hopefully you know in these last uh, whatever there are 12 games left that they can they can uh, take a look at him but yeah you know they, they've got two guys for reclamation projects from that 2017 draft and and maybe a third how do you think uh Dwayne casey's handled this you, you've mentioned so many different guys and we've, we've talked about so many really haven't even talked talked about jeremy grant who's kind of the star of the show here but but with Dwayne, he's had to throw a lot against the wall and, and see if it sticks. And that sort of, I'm not saying it goes against his coaching philosophy, but he coached some very good teams where he knew who his rotation was night in and night out for many years. Right. And, and you know, when, let's go back three years when, when the Pistons hired Dwayne, that was a very different team and he was stepping into a very different situation. And I think, you know, if you read between the lines of what they were talking about uh, at, at the press conference, he, you know, he needed some convincing to, to jump back in right away. He would, was coming off a coach of the year award. Toronto fired him, but like, you know, the same week that his peers named him NBA coach of the year. Um, and Dwayne, you know, he would, he wasn't exactly signing up for a rebuilding project at that, that time. He had Blake Griffin, Derek Rose, and, you know, and a, and a, a team that uh, had been a playoff team uh, the year before, before the injuries, you know, ruined the, the last, what was it, the 2017-18 season, I guess. Um, but, you know, he, he's jumped in with both feet with this, and, and I'm sure it, it, you know, it wasn't, uh, it wouldn't have been necessarily his first choice, although by the time the by the time they traded Andre Drummond last year, I believe Dwayne was fully on board with it at that point and knew that it was time to try a different direction. But, uh, you know, uh, to your point, Troy Weaver, uh, uh, what was it, maybe two months ago, right around a little bit before the All-Star break, I think, talked about about that. And he, you know, he wasn't asked directly about Dwayne. So this was something he volunteered. He said, look, we've got the perfect coach for where we are right now. Dwayne, even in his Toronto days, you know, they were, they were, in a not dissimilar position in the early days in Toronto. Um, and he had a lot of development to do and a lot of young guys. And, and you go back and look at, at, the, at the young guys that Toronto put in the pipeline then that yeah. were not, yeah. yeah, were not obtained with premium picks. I think there was maybe one guy who was a Pirtle would have been a, a lottery pick, I believe, but you know, Anana boy and Delon Wright and Norman Powell and Fred Van Vliet was undrafted. And Dwayne not only used those guys, he used them as young players and, and, you know, use them as young players with teams that were winning games in the 50s by that point. So, you know, he had a track record with with development and with uh, helping, 
you know, a lot of times young players to have success early need to know that they have the trust of their of their coach. And I, Dwayne has that gift that you know if he, he if I think uh, players think if oh he's putting me out there I mean you know, I must be I, I must be able to do this. My coach believes in me, and I think there's a lot to be said for how that affects young players. I've seen it go the other way with young guys who get every you know when every movement they make is scrutinized to the nth degree, I think they, it, it makes them a little gun shy. I've, I've definitely seen, you know, I'm not mentioning any names here, but I've seen careers stalled um, uh, for that. And, and Dwayne is, uh, Dwayne is certainly not, uh, not that type of coach. No, no, we, we, we could mention names, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> maybe, over, maybe over a beer someday. <laughs> Uh, all right, so I guess I could call you a Pistons historian, right? Does that, does that mean you're an old guy, Keith? If I say uh, that, I, I'll I'll cop to being old, and I I would uh, I'd, <laughs> I'd put a caveat on a historian. I've been around a lot, I've witnessed a lot, but if you're going to ask me questions, uh, well, I, 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 yeah, my recall might not be. Uh, I don't have a, 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 a very organized library of, of, of <laughs> uh, index cards here, but I'll I'll. I'll be glad to serve as a reference point. You're no Eddie Rivero. How about that? Is that, that No, not even in the same breath. Okay. So, but anyway, here we are. We're going to get to the end of the year, and you know what's coming. It's going to be the lottery night. Oh. Like, what What do the Pistons do? What's 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 Keith's advice? Like, if someone said, all right, Troy Weaver wants to know what Keith Langway and Matt Derry think. Like, what What do we do to get a break around here on lottery night? Yeah. Wow. I don't know. They've never had one. The only time they had any luck with the lottery it was with Memphis's pick, and it turned out to be Darko. So right. I guess you wouldn't say that was very lucky in retrospect. But yeah, I don't know. I'm not a superstitious guy. I don't believe in uh, rabbit's feet or all that other stuff. But I don't know. Maybe borrow Dan Gilbert's kids. I I I, I don't have any uh, great advice here. I just you know. I mean, I, I hope it's I hope it's not Cleveland that jumps over them. I hope it's not. And I I, I realize you have Cleveland roots, but you know we've seen enough of the Cavaliers yeah. up there with I'm, the number one pick. I'm with you and, on that. I'm with you. Yeah, the Timberwolves have had their share of number one picks. I don't think we want to see that. But uh, yeah, they're certainly due for a break. And and uh, you know maybe and maybe uh, Troy Weaver has uh, kind of changed their fortunes. So yeah, I, although it didn't necessarily work in the in his first time at the lottery, but uh, uh, yeah, I would you know everybody says this draft is uh, has you can't go wrong in the top five picks. So let's just let's just keep our fingers crossed that they wind up with the top five pick. And then given Troy Weaver's uh, history on his first time in, as a in GM in a draft, we'll, we'll believe that whoever he takes is going to be the right pick. And I think because we're now in 2020-2021, it's, it's positionless basketball. You know, so, so, so to say, oh, well, they can't take Kate or they can't take Suggs or, or any of these other guys – uh, the the way Troy has it going and the way a lot of teams are built now, you know, it, it really becomes best player available for just about everybody, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely, and especially for the Pistons. I, I think it absolutely – you know, I think if if it, the, the roster construction of the Pistons right now will matter zero to Troy on, on when he goes to exercise that, that lottery pick, as it should, you know, in almost any instance. But, uh, you know, I mean, I've had the, those questions in Mailbag, well – if Kate Cunningham is a playmaker and you got Killing, how I, I think that'd be a, that'd be ideal. You'd have a, a playmaking wing, a playmaking point guard. If if it's if it's you know if they get the third pick and 
Mobley and Cunningham go one, two, and Troy believes Jalen Suggs is the best guy. Of course you take him and you pair him with Killian Hayes and you have two, you know, six, four, six, five point guards who can, you know, share playmaking duties and, and use, uh, you know, use the fact that they're, that they're both capable of playmaking to exploit mismatches whoever's got the weakest defender on them can initiate and all that sort of thing there's you know and same thing with mobley and mobley's a you know he's, he's as versatile and uh, as, a, as a big guy as, as as i've seen and come down the pike in years so you know i he would for there's no overlap for me with mobley and stewart so yeah i think the the construction of the, of the roster as it stands with the Pistons right now should inf- I, I don't anticipate it to influence Troy's draft decisions uh, to any degree. We are a long way away from, well, Portland didn't need a wing, so they didn't need Jordan, so they took Sam Bowie. That, those days are <laughs> far from over. Yeah. <laughs> All right, exactly. Keith. Great uh, catching up, my friend. Uh, keep up the great work. We appreciate the time. Thanks, Matt. Anytime. Keith Langloy from Pistons.com, senior editor. Read his stuff at Pistons.com. Again, the team back at it Saturday night at Bankers Life Fieldhouse, 7 o'clock start for Detroit and the Indiana Pacers on Valley Sports Detroit Plus that night. And on the radio side with Mark and Rick at AM 950. We'll talk to you again next week.